Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is angela i love chatting with her angela is a personal success coach. She empowers ambitious women to escape an unfulfilling life and achieve their higher calling. When women are led from intuition, they become free to innovate and trailblaze rather than follow the way it's done. With over 13 years of experience in the field of human psychology, social work, success as a therapist, coach, trainer, and speaker, and educator, she uses these skills in her own life experience to support her clients. In this episode, we go into so many cool things from how to build a bigger, braver life to when you need a therapist versus when you need a coach, having the expanders around you, as well as how she met her husband. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. 
Well, thank you so much, Angela, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Let's start there. Awesome. So, well, I'll first introduce myself. My name is Angela Marie Williams. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I am the CEO and founder of two businesses. I own a therapy practice and a coaching practice, and I am your braver life coach. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I really was drawn to your podcast because my 20s were definitely a really fun, exciting, um, but also a hot mess and a learning time for me. And so I loved the idea of the show and wanted to come on and kind of just share a little bit about that. And some of my, I also work with a a bunch of women clients too. And I was actually just having a conversation with one of them uh, yesterday and she's in her about mid twenties. And, you know, she's kind of saying, I feel like I'm having like a midlife crisis and just like questioning myself, not knowing what's going on. And is this really me? I'm trying new things. And I'm like, you know, listen, this is totally normal. We all do this. We call this like the quarter life crisis where we get to question and try new things. And we're kind of breaking away from the mold of what we were doing when we were growing up, maybe in family and we're trying new things, discovering new things. And it's a really um, exciting, but maybe confusing time as well. So in my twenties, I love those questions. In my twenties, what I was doing was I had went to school. So I went to school at Michigan State University. I'm from Michigan. Go green for everybody listening that identifies. And that was a really uh, eye-opening experience for me. So that was kind of the first time I really had freedom and was living on my own. And it was just a lot of life lessons about, you know, being able to handle responsibility on my own, right, without any rules or structure. And so, you know, I think that was a time where I really pushed my limits. I pushed my limits a lot in um, the things I was doing for myself, I think, you know, partying, going out, right, Um, trying to figure out relationships and friendships and all those different things. So that was a very formative time for me. I also, in that time, moved away from my hometown. So I'm from the area of Flint, Michigan. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but lots of, lots of stuff. Yep. So there's a little water crisis there. There's right, lots of poverty. So there was, you know, actually it used to be a town that was really fueled by the auto industry. And when that kind of all shut down, like the, the economy kind of went down and things. And so I always kind of looked around and was like, you know, I really picture myself living somewhere different, so wanting more, you know? And so, you know, went to college and then really looked for jobs that were elsewhere. That was my dream was to move out. I wanted to be, you know, in a warmer climate and kind of do things on my own, go on my own adventure. So I got a job right out of college and moved to Tennessee. And that was a really, really important learning and growing time for me too. So I was completely on my own, no roommates, no parents, nobody that I knew, then thousands of miles radius. And so, you know, I got my first job. I was paid like pennies for my first job. So figuring out budgeting and kind of having some of those bumps in the road of, you know, overdrafting my accounts and figuring out how to save and, um, you know, figuring out how to take care of myself and, and feel that independence. So the first time living by myself, I lived in a one, like a one bedroom apartment. 
And that still brings back so many fond memories for me. So if anyone gets the chance to live on their own, I highly recommend it because it teaches you so much about responsibility and what you're personally capable of. And it gives you like a a really safe place sanctuary. And that's how it felt for me to be able to just go and call it my own and relax. And and I really loved that. So I was able to, you know, I, I left the family home, moved out of state, worked for the first time professionally learned a lot about, about working and what I wanted and didn't want. And then, you know, kind of got to a point where, you know, I was in different relationships romantically, really trying out, you know, who's going to be this right fit for me. And then really kind of always, and this is my theme. And I talk about this a lot is, you know, I was going into, you know, I had the job and then I had this relationship and I would just continue to go along with it, even though, you know, maybe there was something telling me like, eh, I don't know if this is like the thing. Right. So I kind of just go on, go along. I think we all kind of do that. You know, at times we, we get in these cycles where life just kind of happens to us and we're maybe not in the driver's seat or being proactive because we've got like stress or burnout or, you know, we're unsure of ourselves or what we actually want. So I remember a time I had decided, you know, I'm going to actually get out of this job that I'm in. I was really beyond burned out. It was one of those um, jobs where you, uh, it was kind of like the high turnover rate. It was a lot of stress, a lot of hours I was on call. I worked help in, a, in the helping field and, you know, got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm super burned out. My, my lifelong dream had been to own my own private practice in, in therapy. And I said, you know, this is not my dream. I want to move forward and, and do what I need to do to achieve that dream. And the next step for that was higher education. So I made that choice to, to then kind of pivot out of that. I was also in that crossroads with my relationship, my romantic relationship at the time. And I was really struggling because I wanted this person, you know, to kind of support me and go with me wherever and and go on this adventure I had going on right in my life. And, you know, that was not their journey. Their journey was not to, to move or go anywhere or do anything um, like that. And so that's where our past kind of, you know, I, I could see them diverging and it was really hard because I didn't want that to happen. And, you know, I was really, you know, nothing was te- technically wrong in the relationship. It was just, you know, our paths were going different ways. So that was really hard for me. And I remember one time calling my dad, I remember I was in my car and I called my dad and I, we, we talk about, you know, relationships and things like that. And, and I just thought, you know, I just don't know what to do. And I just started bawling. And he was like, you know, I think you already know. And that for me was a really important moment, like a a light bulb shining on, you know, listening to your intuition, like your body knowing the answer, even though our brain tries to maneuver away from that sometimes. Um, But that was a really illuminating moment for me. And one of the things I talk about with my clients and, and in the work that I'm doing is, you know, listening to that intuition and your body wisdom and the things that you, you know, the things that our brain might try to kind of steer us away from, but your body really has the answers and and you can find that information if you're open to, to doing that. So that was really important for me. And I, I made that difficult decision to, you know, to end that relationship and, and then to move again. I moved again, actually, and went to school in the state of Florida. And that's where I am now. I'm, I'm in Orlando, Florida, um, and where I eventually was able to meet my current husband. So all of that to say, right, like those were the steps needed to get to my happiness and continue with my journey and be where I am today. But yeah, those are really transformative. And it felt like really hard times, you know, sometimes to make those difficult decisions. But ultimately, you know, it, it was going back to those that vision that I had set for myself. 
And I'd love to dive in deeper with that relationship. Nothing's necessarily wrong, but like you knew, like, this isn't, this isn't it. Like this isn't the one. And I'm curious, like when we go through those moments, how are you, did you have any like scarcity come up for you around? Like, maybe this is as good as it's going to get. Maybe I can make this better. Like, I'm kind of curious about like your thought process or maybe how you redirected yourself too throughout that to like, even though I know this and I'm okay with letting go of this and I'm okay, that something better is going to come into like, walk us through that whole process for you. Yeah. So that's a really, really great question. And again, um, this really goes back to me having a very strong sense of what I want and, and, you know, feeling that bigger calling. And this is kind of, you know, the work that I do is really all about, you know, embracing your bigger, braver life and, you know, what that means to me is that, you know, you have a calling, um, you have something that's pulling you a goal, you know, something that is bigger than just, you know, the, the daily decisions, right? So for me, the, the dream, the thing that I always wanted was to, um, you know, live in a, a warmer climate, be at the beach, you know, um, have a, a relaxed life to be able to help people in the way that I would own my own business and my own therapy practice and help people. And so I kind of had cultivated that a long time ago. And then, so it would kind of float in and out as I was making my steps there. And it was really having that strong sense of self to be able to say, no, you know, I know that if I'm not going to go forward with this plan, no one else is going to do this for me. And, you know, I'm going to be really regretful if I don't do it in the way that feels aligned to me. Of course it, it didn't, I wasn't as eloquent about that <laughs> you know, in my twenties as I am now, but for that, you know, particular relationship, it was like, it was that sense that I felt out of alignment and I felt just off and it it didn't feel the same, you know, after I had kind of realized, okay, you know, this is going, me staying here and me continuing, I'm going to have to give up future me, that future vision um, and, and stay here. And that's not, that didn't align with my values truly. So my values really surround freedom and knowledge and empowerment And those really didn't, and growth, right? And those really didn't align. So knowing your values is another thing I really go in uh, hard with my clients about, because for me, you know, too, like, and maybe I wasn't so eloquent at the time, but I just know that we knew that these things weren't aligning for some reason. And that was the reason it was because my values were very strong and, you know, I, I wasn't going in the way that I could live those out. So that's such an important piece is to know your values because that can help guide you, right? to the path that you want to go. And, you know, yeah, lots of thoughts came up with that a relationship. It was like, could I stay and make this work? Could I? Um, absolutely. Right. Like I, I, I mean, I could technically make the choice to do whatever I wanted, but I knew I wasn't in a place that I wanted to sacrifice uh, my happiness. I made myself, you know, that promise, like I'm not going to do that. And so that's where I was able to kind of navigate away from the staying in the situation, if you will. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like someone who's like, okay, I want a bigger, braver life. Like I'm ready, Angela. I want it. Like (laughs) I'm there. But let's say they're like kind of, they've never given themselves permission to actually think of a bigger, better life. Or let's say they've never actually went there with what is a bigger, braver life for me. Like what's a good place to start if they know they want it, but they don't necessarily have any idea of what that would look like for them. 
Yeah. So it's a really good question. And I do have some folks come to me and I, I've put on, you know, several free events that kind of help dig in some of these questions as well. But, you know, that, that is one of the, the stops is, you know, I've never done this before. I've never allowed myself to truly dream bigger because that was not the way that it was growing up in my family, or that's not the languaging or the messaging I'm used to, or I didn't have you know, the mentors that showed me this possibility and all those different pieces. So that's a very real thing. And I, and I appreciate and understand that. And and I'm thankful for the people who instilled in me, right, that, that you can have that. And that came from educational sources and, and family and different and mentors and different things along the way. So to start, I always have folks just kind of take a moment and sit with themselves, no distractions, and just kind of breathe and, and literally give themselves permission to say, I'm going to give myself permission to just dream here. Bring out a notebook, whatever you've got to do to just allow yourself that brainstorming session of if I could design my life, if I could be anywhere, if I could do anything, if money didn't matter, if judgments didn't matter, if I'm not listening to anyone's voice beside my own, if I'm not worried about how it's going to get done, what is my big dream? What is the thing that, that I want? You know, is it to live in a mansion on, alongside the beach in California? Is it to, you know, open um, an organization that helps the elderly? Is it right? Like, what is it that you would be doing? You know, I know a lot of people will study something, something in college and feel like they're really kind of pigeonholed or trapped in this particular area or feel like they've done, especially even um, actually like PhD candidates, they've gone all this time, right? They went all this way years, hours, thousands of dollars, right? And then they decide or they figure out like, this is not what I want to do. It's not my path. That's where you get to shut out all the other voices, the judgments, and you get to kind of allow yourself to say, hey, it's okay. And, you know, change, it's okay to change course and and just to see what that might. So I've got a lot of folks that want to change even their their complete career, even though they've invested so many hours, nights, times, tears, right? Blood, sweat, and tears on all of this stuff. And that is okay. But it's literally giving yourself the permission to, to allow yourself and the space and the time. We, we also are very busy a lot. We don't do that. We don't sit in silence. You'll be surprised what you get when you sit in that silence and, and allow those things just to come up, just to see. And let's say someone doesn't have that, like they don't have magnifiers, they don't have expanders in their life. What, what sort of tips would you give them to be able to kind of feel it more if like, that's not what they're used to, they've never seen it? Or like, how do you really connect to that when everything around you is like the complete opposite of that? That's a really great question. Yes. So for me, just kind of thinking about how that started, you know, my, um, my parents, uh, I'm a first generation college student. So that means I'm the first one in my family to go to a four-year university and they were very much, you know, you're going to college, you're going to college because, you know, that was the thing, the messaging, right? You go to college, you can get a higher paying career. It's not as hard as this labor work, right? That, that, you know, a lot of folks were used to all day, every day. And so, you know, I had, I had some of that messaging. I also had messaging from, you know, teachers, professors, uh, you know, even, you know, high school uh, college level. But what I would say to folks who, even if you're not surrounded by messaging at home, friends, maybe that are in that category, even educational staff, like if you don't have any of that, the, the cool thing that we've got going for all of us right now is the internet, right? It kind of collapses time and space and you get to 
uh, really cultivate who you want to put your eyes on and, and the messaging that you want to hear at all times. So you need to go out and you need to search for these people who are doing things that, you know, you um, aspire to do or that are, have similar goals to you or who are really positive in their messaging, even just inspirational stuff. It really helps us. It puts us in a better mind space and emotional space to be able to give ourselves that time and, and effort to put in back into ourselves, right? Um, so think about if your messaging is limited or negative or unhelpful, consider doing a cleanse of all your social media and going through and adding people who are really doing the things that you want to do. Reading, reading books, so many um, amazing minds have shared their stories and their expertise and books. And you can even get those for free from the library, right? Like there's really, you can really do a lot with a limited budget with, you know, you can do a lot and you can create that on your own. It's just now you have to go in to do a little bit of that research and spend some time looking for that, but fill, fill your world with people who are going to be doing those things and inspiring you. And I'm curious, cause I love to hear like a good love story. So I'm curious, yeah. how'd you meet your husband? Yeah. So <laughs> I love, I love a good love story too. So actually, um, it was really funny. So we, let's see. So I moved to Florida and I actually, again, was navigating something. So I decided to go to school. I was a technically considered an out-of-state student to get my master's in social work. And I really miscalculated the out-of-state costs. And so panic moment, right? So then I was doing everything I could to find a job, find something that would really help me be able to stay there and continue in my goals. And I had come across a, like a graduate assistantship for the housing department at, at our, our college at UCF and thought, oh, wow, this is really amazing. So, and also this is a heads up if anyone doesn't know about this, but um, some of these programs allow you to have, uh, you get like a, a stipend sometimes, you get your tuition covered and you get like free housing essentially for some of these uh, assistantships. And that was what it was offering. And I thought, oh my gosh, this would solve like all of my problems, right? I would be able to have some working experience and income. It would help me with my tuition and my housing costs. Awesome. So I applied to that. And so I was there, we were training, we kind of take on people every, you know, every year or so. And uh, he was one of of the new hires and I had to show him around the housing area he was going to be taking over that I was working. So we, we saw each other and, and we were definitely like kind of attracted to each other. And, you know, I, I was kind of like getting out of a, a different relationship at that time. I said, oh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, let's be friends or take it slow or whatever. And, and then we, we had went out uh, to, to a bar or whatever, all the group of us. And we just had like a really good night and really like clicked. And then we kind of went, you know, like dated kind of back and forth for a while. And then we, um, you know, after a while that we made a commitment and we, here we are <laughs> married for what are we here for four years now. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So cool. And was there a moment where you're like, this is my husband, like, this is it. Yeah. So actually it's funny. We, we kind of like go back and forth and ask each other and he'll say, yeah, when I first saw you, like I knew, and I was like, are you sure? Like, I don't know. Right. And so he, there was a time where I remember I was just having a really emotional day and, you know, I basically 
he had come over and I was just like so emotional. I just like felt like I was just crying for no reason. Right. And all he did was he just sat there calm and he just hugged me and he didn't make a big deal. We kind of made jokes and he was just there for me. And I felt so like relaxed and so at home. It was more of like um, my body telling me, right? Like, this is cool. This is chill. This is home, right? So that was a really cool moment for me. And and one that I point to that I'm like, yeah, this is the stuff to look for. What out of like all the like work you've done on yourself, what has been the most transformative piece for you? If you had to say like one piece that's really changed everything for you. Wow, that's a really amazing question. It's hard to say one. I I think there's two pieces that I feel go hand in hand, really, because and it's part of the the system that I I support all my clients with, whether they're in coaching or therapy, but there's a there's a level of clearing the like emotional clutter from the past, if you will, and unlearning the shit that we had learned growing up that holds us back. Right. And I think especially as women, we're really socialized to be perfect, to be quiet, to not take up space to whatever. Right. So there's a lot of that just in, in, you know, culturally where we live or gender, right. All of that. And then also, you know, whatever other stuff comes with growing up from family or personal experiences, unlearning that learning the things, right. Placing the things that you want in your life, rewriting that story. Um, so it's, it's really, equal parts, clearing that stuff up from the past. And I hired a coach to really help me uh, begin my coaching business and her, she's had many, you know, years in the, uh, in an experience in doing this and gave me a lot to focus on going to the, toward the future and really helped me to see the importance of not only, you know, clearing that, that clutter, clearing that stuff, but to focus and be intentional about your future. So I think it's equal parts, you know, for me, it was the therapy that I invested in to really clear all the stuff that was holding me back, but then also someone to guide me going forward and saying, this is possible. This is happening. Like I'm literally showing you this in a, you know, in a one-on-one space. And here's all the information I know, and here's how you can move forward with and, and being that encouragement and support along the way. So I think it was equal parts, both of those. And how do you know when you need a therapist versus when you need a coach? Great question. Yes. So with therapy, what we're doing is we're really looking at, you know, what's going on right now in your life that's really impeding your ability to succeed, to be happy right? All of those things to live a a healthy life, whatever that means to you. And we're kind of looking from here backwards. So we're looking to heal. We're looking at the past stuff. We're looking at maybe some traumatic events or impactful events. You know, we're really looking to do more of that uh, healing on the back end. Whereas in coaching, you're noticing that, you know, you're, you're here and you're looking forward, but you're not sure how to get there or you might have a couple stumbling blocks along the way. So it's more on the lines of, you know, we're going to move forward here. We're going to go from here to here to here, right? So that's more of a coaching realm is to look at now and go forward. And the therapy realm is now and let's heal the past of what happened. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, that does. Yeah. 
and they're, and they're not mutually exclusive. So I, I keep always a therapist and a coach readily available for me. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be helpful to have both. Cause I imagine yeah. they both overlap in a way. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what was like the moment for you of like, I really want to be able to share this. Like, I really want to be able to really be able to give this to my clients. Like what was the moment for you prior to that, that you're like, this is something that's really on my heart. Yeah. So are you talking about the coaching, like the yeah. coaching pieces? Yeah. yeah. So there was a particular um, therapy client that I had who, you know, we were really working through, you know, a lot of trauma background with her. And so it was appropriate, you know, for therapy, but we really moved into a space of looking at the now and looking and looking it forward. And I mean, just an amazing driven human being, very resilient funny, like just dynamic, amazing and ha- and a leader truly in her field. And, you know, being able to help her to move the needle, to get her to kind of go forward with what she's doing and feel confident in that, that was very inspiring to me and really filled me with so much energy and joy and really lit me up. And I'm like, I love this. I want to be able to help people more with this portion going forward, because a lot of times, you know, we, we can maybe only get so far or, you know, we're focused more on the stuff that is pretty heavy. And, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, as a therapist, you, you don't really get to see the full picture of somebody kind of going forward and their capacity and their potential. And that's something that I really, you know, my, I feel like my true purpose is helping people to reach their potential. And so, you know, I, I love therapy and I love, you know, the healing portion, but I, but I feel most lit up by kind of going forward too. Yeah. And then I feel like they like overlap a lot. Like, do you feel like some of your clients, they come to you for both? Like, they're like, I need the therapy yeah. and then the coach. Yeah. I feel like yeah, they're truly. both like so mm-hmm. connected in that way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. So I'd love to know. For like someone who is, they don't really want to go to work right now. <laughs> like they're feeling that dread when they think yes. of work. They feel that dread when they think of Sundays. Like what tips do you have for them to maybe make that a bit better? Yes. So um, this used to be me. So I, I'm aware of how that feels on a personal level. And, you know, I, I talk through this with my clients too, but basically what I want you to do is I want you to first tell yourself that this is going to be temporary, right? So this doesn't have to be like this forever. And I think sometimes just hearing that is helpful to us because sometimes we feel so stuck that it doesn't feel like there's a way out, but there is, everything's figure outable, right? We can do this. And so it might be to remind yourself, this is temporary and we're going to make a plan to move forward. So that's where I would um, also encourage them to do the visioning process, right? To sit down and say, okay, well, if I don't want this, I'm aware, I don't want this. This My body's telling me I don't want this. What is it that I do want? It's so important to get clear on that vision because then we know how to order our next steps, right? So doing the visioning, being able to remind yourself, hey, this is temporary. And then also giving yourself an influx of joy. I know that sounds really simplistic, but when you're filled with that dread and anxiety and right, it's like, oh, we need to balance that out pretty quick. Right. So how can you bring in elements of, you know, I used to do um, Monday night, like um, I would either do like a dinner or some sort of meet up with a friend. I had something to look forward to. 
um, and then, you know, be able to kind of plan things to kind of help me bring that joy back into my life. And if they're really, you know, dreading that going to work, it's also about, okay, so what's the next step? Are we moving to a new job? Is it because you want to start your own business, right? It's also being able to figure that out. And maybe it's, you do need support in this moment. If you feel like this is all too confusing, right? To figure out on your own, this is where you might want to employ the help of coach or a therapist or some sort of mentor to help you kind of continue to have this um, thought process and move the needle. Again, make that plan. I host vision events. I'm going to have another one actually coming up December uh, 18th. So I'm really excited that being able to cultivate that vision and then put the plan to that vision. Okay. So if the vision is, you know, I want to start my own business, but maybe, you know, I'm scared to take that jump because of the money, right? How can we put the steps into place where you can at least have step one going, right? We at least want to make some momentum, some progress. So it's kind of breaking that down into little doable steps. Because a lot of times that, that seems like a big leap, for example, right? That seems like a huge leap. And so we get overwhelmed and we just kind of shut down and we don't do anything, right? But as we put tiny steps in front of us, we will have that result. It'll just be, you know, it will get there actually faster when we take the tiny steps versus none at all. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think are the five biggest roadblocks right now to success? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that get in our way, right? And they're a lot of times fear-based. So there's a lot of fear that happens when we are trying to do something to achieve a goal, to get success. Fear is kind of that natural thing that we all have. And it's usually when there's a change or we're trying to do something new, it kind of just sets in because it's trying to protect us from getting hurt or right. Like we don't know what's going on out there, but it's being able to understand what those, where those pieces are coming in and, and then, you know, talking to yourself through that and over kind of overcoming that. Right. So one of the things is people pleasing. So a lot of times, and this is actually something that was a barrier for me when I was starting my coaching business, because I was afraid to say something that was going to impact somebody else in a way that was hurtful. Right. So I was really afraid of that. And so I wanted to, you know, get along with everyone have people like me and stuff. That is not how it's going to work. You're not going to be able to show up authentically as you when that's happening. And that will keep us from the success, the true success that we're looking for. Again, that's listening to everybody else's voice right beside yourself. Procrastination is another one. So this is where maybe we're doing things that aren't inside our zone of genius or are the thing that lights us up. And so we want to avoid them, or maybe they feel too big. We don't have those steps. So we just kind of avoid them all together. That's what I was talking about when I'm saying, you know, it feels overwhelming and we kind of shut down. We don't make that move. So that's where we put it off. And then that's where dreams go to die, right? Is the procrastination area. Another one is kind of being in that forever planning mode. So, you know, this can kind of help or show up rather appear to be helpful. Like we're in the planning stage, but sometimes that means we're sacrificing the action piece. So when we're in forever planning, again, that can help keep us protected, so to speak, right? Because we're not putting our stuff out there or we're not making the jump or we're not interviewing or we're not doing whatever we need to do. And, you know, therefore we can't get rejected or we can't fail or whatever, right? The scary things that come with that. So we need to move out of that forever planning mode and move into inspired action. And something that my mentors have said, and I say to my clients is launch it ugly, do it ugly, do it unprepared, do it afraid. That's where you get the action part. You've got to just throw that stuff out the window because it's going to keep you stuck. And that's not helpful. 
right? That's not going to get you anywhere. Perplexity. So I, I kind of have the five P's going right now, but the perplexity piece is again, that confusion or that unknown. It's very painful to actually be in that state of confusion or not knowing what's going to happen or where we're going. That's where this, this visioning comes in, being proactive and intentional about where you want to go. That is uh, super important to going to move you out of that stuck and confused place, really. And then the last one is perfectionism. So again, I'm recovering perfectionist, wanting everything to be perfect, right? Feeling like I can't present something if it isn't perfect, or I can't launch something more. I can't show up if I'm not perfect, right? And again, that's going to cost us time. That's going to cost us potentially money, uh, potentially, right? So, you know, I, I had someone recently say, you know, I, I got this new promotion at work, but I'm, it's kind of like that feeling imposter syndrome too, right? It's like, I feel like I'm not prepared. I'm not able, right? You're not going to be perfect. It's okay. We got to let go of that. And, you know, you're going to learn on the way, right? It's going to, it's going to be okay. Failure isn't a dirty word. People, I think really hate that word and feel like it, it reflects something on their character. It's really, how can we refrain that, right? It's really about learning. When we don't do well, it's something we make a mistake. It's okay. We learned and let's move on, right? That's kind of the, the thing that's going to move us forward instead of keep us stuck and safe, if you will. Yeah, definitely. And which one of those do you think is like the most common? Like which one of those do you feel like comes up the most for your clients? Oh, it's a really hard tie between perfectionism and people pleasing. I, I think it's kind of the same uh, yeah. vein about fear of judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I would maybe summarize it into that. But yeah, I think that's that would be it. Yeah. And why do you think we fear judgment so much? I think there's you know a few different reasons. One, you know, if you think if you want to even go back, you know, to historical times, we had to fit in to survive, right? We needed our village, we needed our our tribe, our 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 community to stay alive because of the way that we got food and you know was you know shared things and all of that, right? So if you were cast out, um, you would essentially maybe not survive, right? So uh, if you want to go all the way back to that type of a scenario, that could be kind of that hardwiring in the brain. Uh, we need to fit in, right? Because if we're if we're lonely, if we're cast out, I mean, there could be really grave, you know, consequences for that. And I think again, you know. We, um, I think people in general all want to be seen, heard, and loved and cared for. And so, you know, if we do something to upset somebody else, there's a chance that that's taken away. And so that's really, you know, essential for us to, again, for survival, but also for comfort. And you know, I think there's a, that fear that's going to be gone completely when in reality, it's really about kind of pruning the right people for you. The right people are going to find you and support you and stick up for you. And it may, it may not look like the way we think with our family members or things that may be, you know, again, strangers off the internet and people that you meet um, along the way and groups, whatever. But um, we, we have to be a little more open to saying it's going to be okay. I will find my people. Yeah. Awesome. And like, I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? Oh, I love this. This is a really good question. I actually have my clients do this too, is go back and talk to, to younger them. I would probably actually tell her to get into therapy sooner, to get into therapy and get coaching sooner, get that support sooner, because that would allow, you know, less of that buildup 
of, you know, the, the self-doubt or the, right, like it would kind of un- unlearn that quicker and, you know, be able to, to move even forward faster, to be able to understand the true vision and, and be able to have the confidence to stick with that at all times. So that would be my advice and just say, you know, hey, you're loved, you're awesome. I would love to show her the current version and just say like, wow, look at this leaps and bounds that you have done going to do. Right. So I think that would also support the confidence piece. Um, that was that sometimes I struggled with. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. And where can we find you or can we connect with you? Yeah. So I would love to invite everyone to connect with me. Um, you can find me on my website, angelamarie.co. I have a uh, social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm happy to share all that information with you. And um, I've got uh, Women Building a Bigger, Braver Life as a Facebook group. So if you want to come and join us, I stream my uh, live show, um, the Bigger, Braver Life show there weekly. And so I'd love folks to come and and tune in and listen. And if they want to be inspired and, you know, be able to look at other examples and say, you know, like we said, filling, filling your world with examples of if they can do it, so can I, right. Kind of that attitude. So yeah, I'd love to invite you all to join me there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes, please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.